Well, Joe. What? How's it going in the war against the virus? What war? You know it's a war. No, it's not. It is a war. They declared a war. When? Last March. How did I miss that? They said this is going to be the biggest war since World War Two. They framed it exactly so. They're so full of shit, aren't they? Right. But uh, it's a war. It was a war on the population of most, a lot of countries in the world, like um, particularly Western countries. But uh, it was definitely a war against the against the people. Um, they're all putting, they're all kind of put in concentration camps in a certain sense, but they're concentration camps for their own homes, you know? Yeah. But pressure. it certainly had uh, as, I mean, not as, obviously not as bad, but it certainly had a profound psychological impact on a lot of people. So yeah, you could see it as a kind of like, uh, it was an information war gone full spectrum, hardcore information war, negative information war that scared the crap out of a lot of people, terrorized a lot of people, depressed a lot of people, and that's just the people. Not we can get into what it did to the economy, but uh, yeah, it was, it that, was a very, very, very. It was punitive, and it was yeah. unnecessarily punitive. Um, that bingo word, full spectrum, false comes from full spectrum dominance, mm -hmm. which the Pentagon loved using. It, it was first mooted by PNAC pre nine eleven, mm. and you know, in the years after it, yeah, it was used, but no one. It, it didn't mean anything to anyone because there was no. Mostly, we just got on with things as before. You had some inconvenience going to the airport. Constant news about terror attacks over there, for the most part. But maybe, maybe they meant no one felt it on them. Maybe they felt maybe they meant full spec, full gender spectrum dominance. Full gender. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> well, the, well, the gender spectrum. Ah, uh, right. The fifty-two or yeah, whatever yeah well, it is. everything yeah. from you know. No, sorry. Excuse me. That's offensive. There's no limit. No. Don't put a number on it. That, yeah. that you're defining someone yeah. else's gender if you try well, to put a figure. Full spectrum dominance just means, you know, I mean, it's a scary term, like, and you, you put it in the mouths of politicians and people who have a, a lust for power, and it's like, what it means is that they want control over absolutely everything, um, you know, as much as, um, and absolutely everything from them means, first and foremost, the population, you know, because, uh, you know, government ain't nothing without the population, right? That's yeah. their, whole, their whole business is controlling people. What's the world without people, you know? Yeah. You and I and everybody else on this planet are the target, the people to be controlled and people to be, uh, you know, influenced and, and yeah. guided. And the big question, the perennial question uh, that divide people one way or the other is whether or not that the intent behind, uh, or whether the word you should use is control of the population or caring for the population. Right. Uh, that's that's the, that's the, that's the that's only the issue. That's it's the only issue is whether it's control or care, whether yeah. it's it's positively motivated or not so positively motivated. And I one's beliefs about what is going on. Yeah, and, and who rules over you, and the nature of the people that rule over you, the people the people in positions of power, who, what what the, what nature they have, what they're motivated by, what uh, what their intentions are towards the population. Is it are they primarily self interested? Or are they really Kind of like a bunch of Mother Teresas, you know, who really, really are bleeding hearts and want the best of the population. It's an extremely naive position to take. And I don't know how anybody can uh, take, be, can be so naive, be conscious, so consciously naive, you know what I mean? And they are. It is. I mean, I suppose they're not challenged on it enough. And like we've talked about this before, but most people just don't want to talk about that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Because what it, from our, our point of view uh, is, is something that, is, is a point of view that they don't want to hear. Because it's... 
it's uh, it's not a nice world to live in. I've, I've said that repeatedly. It's not a nice world to live in. Where the it's elites not a are nice not world either way. I know it, it, the world is going you, in that direction you can anyway. Believe yeah. that the punitive. Measures you're going through, measures yeah. done to, whether you agree that's done so, to you or that you agree, no, I'm doing my part because yeah. it's necessary. They have to believe that it's worthwhile. It's full of bet greater good. Yeah. Because otherwise. It comes down to belief. Because challenging beliefs is hard. Yeah. And otherwise, what is your, if, if, if you don't believe it's for the greater good, what, what is it for then? It's for some ulterior negative, you know, uh, evil intent. And who wants to live in a world like that? So people can't, most people can't, don't want to believe in a world like that. And of course, they don't have a, a, any evidence. I don't have a lot of evidence that there's any direct uh, evil or pernicious intentions towards them from from government. They don't have direct evidence of that, right? It's all because it's all couched in. Because of course, it's going to be that way. That's the whole problem. It's going to be uh, in the world we live in today. It's going to be presented to people as for their own good. Someone who wants to control you, and you know, for not in, in a in an unpleasant, you know, and not for your own benefit, for for the benefit of the person controlling you, they're not stupid enough to say that, that that that's what they're going to do. They're going to present it to you in a way that gets you to comply, gets you to agree to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to each individual then to either see through that or not see through that. Um, and what better way than to use forceful language? I wasn't being facetious when I said war because that's the kind of language that is used and has been since the outset. Yeah, and that's. Well, so the first thing we want to look at today, uh, the fullest expression of using war rhetoric in this situation, a ostensibly a public global health crisis, is the use of the military. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that caught our attention first was the use of the military in Australia, mm-hmm. which is arguably the most up, upfront about it, so to speak. The military has been used in many countries in a support role, officially and in practice. In Australia, it's a bit different. Officially, it's unclear as to who's leading the current operations, and there you go, military term operations, in terms of the vaccine rollout. Um, The government's been asked, the elected democratic government's been asked to clarify that issue. If they bounce reporters over to military spokespeople and vice versa, that ambiguity is like frightening. That's why... We speculate that that's probably – is there a relationship between how serious the military-like operations are in Australia with the actual uh, paralegal setup they have there at the moment to deal with this global health crisis? Um, so do you want to – yeah. We wanna, do we have video? Do we want to hear this guy? Okay, so this is the – Australian general last July mm-hmm. at a brief pre- press conference opening a war games exercise, but it's no, not exercise. No, it was it was an operation, military operation to deal with the vaccine let, rollout. Yeah, let's, let's Australian let's, military. We'll hear him YouTube. describe it. Australian military YouTube. Yeah. No, not this one here. We're going to come to that in a minute. Do we have the YouTube video? Yeah, yeah. Australian military YouTube. Uh, no. No. Yeah, you sent it to me. I sent it to you. It's under Australian military. Ah, there it is. It's from last July. Everyone, uh, to the initial COVID-19 vaccination plan war game, um, 
I really do appreciate uh, all of your uh, participation and look forward to the engagement uh, today particularly, but also to working closely with uh, uh, states and territories in particular into the future. Um, I'll just hand over to uh, Lieutenant General Fruin for some opening comments, uh, but before I do, could I just make sure that everyone's uh, on mute uh, in the outstations, please? Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to the, uh, the war game of the National Campaign Plan for the COVID vaccine rollout. Uh, I think today is uh, a really significant and important event. Uh, we have done the review of the national program, and what today really represents now is an opportunity for us to understand uh, all of the states and territories' uh, particular approaches to how they will achieve the rollout in your own jurisdictions, but to then nest that with our national uh, approach. Uh, what we want to do today is to go through. Okay, and off he goes. We won't listen. Uh, Twenty minutes presentation in military jargon, but yeah, said it all with the title of. You, yeah, and if you want an explanation up to, as to what what's been going on in, in Australia over the past few months, few months people have been uh, shocked by the way the the police have been you know responding to protesters and and, and the draconian nature of the the lockdowns that have been ongoing in in Australia. Well, you know. A reasonable explanation would be that it's all founded or based on uh, military tactics against the population, um, and it's for your for the greater good, for your own good. You know, I mean, it's been, and it's not only Australia; it's happened in Canada. If you show that uh, JPEG on Canada military, it's a screenshot of the um, of, a, of an article, pretty much saying the same thing. Military leaders saw a pandemic as a unique opportunity to test propaganda on Canadians. A plan devised by the Canadian Joint Operations Command relied on propaganda techniques similar to those employed during the Afghan War. Um, not, right. ju not just similar, but pretty much uh, okay. using the experiences learned or gained in, in Afghanistan and Iraq. And you were saying earlier on that Australian guy, he was commander chief of... Um, Australian forces. Australian forces in, in Afghanistan and in Iraq and prior Iraq, to that. You know? So now they come back home and they're using their, what they've learned and their, their techniques... On, on the local population. So, I mean, that's this, a good way to explain. To it's, yeah, it's a good way to explain why people feel the way they've been feeling about lockdowns. At least a lot of people feel about lockdowns. Even, even the ones who are pro-vaccine and believe the whole um, official story about, about this virus and, and why we needed lockdowns, it's, uh, they also, everybody, I think, felt that there was something very dark and scary and just wrong about the whole situation um, and they struggled to, to explain it to themselves with the official narrative and stuff but the reason it felt that way and continues to feel that way is because it is pretty dark because you know military operations are pretty pretty they're dark quote unquote dark things you know well they're for war yeah it's for, you can't it's tool it fight. you can't tool it to fluffy bunny rabbit kind of uh, unicorns and rainbows kind of situation that's not what the military's for the military only has one purpose they're trained to deal with adversaries enemies kill destroy capture etc yeah. and there can be no like you know humanitarian oh yeah we've all been coached in humanitarian rhetoric from the politicians to get troops into the war but when they get there it's not you know yeah. handing out bottles of water and that's all. There's some PR that goes, but that, that's a bit like that. But it's, yeah. it's shooting. It's enemy. It's like, yeah. And that's obviously I haven't seen military on the streets, but I think the point is it's been led by military planners, so they're instructing the police along 
military lines, you know, military formations and, or military attitude towards the population, you know, which is, again, for me, it explains, there's a lot of people have been trying to explain or trying to understand why the, the Aussie police, the Australian police, have been so militant in their approach to the population. Well, a good explanation is that this baldy guy who doesn't blink, almost, if you ever watch him, he's one of those guys. Wesley Clark didn't blink either, you know that? Uh, mm. People got freaked out about Wesley Clark not blinking. Ever? Well, like for long periods of time. I mean, the average person, I think, blinks 15 to 20 times every second, every minute. Mm -hmm. And you look at that guy and, and Wesley Clark, and they're just like, when they're giving interviews, they're just staring, you know, hypnotically at, at, at the camera, you know. Um, the thousand-yard stare. Well, yeah. military training might have a lot to do with that. Maybe. That, um, the one you showed from the National Post in Canada. Um, the UK was up to the same old, same tricks as well, no? It was, yeah. The, the, one, in, the one in Canada was called out. Um, I, again, there's a kind of a ambiguous pushback between the official government and this Canadian Joint Operations Command. They bounced it back. It's unclear as to who ordered what. Um, the Canadian military seemed to do that, take its own initiative. Yeah. Well, they were allowed was, to by politicians. Most politicians stepped back and said, OK, over to you, uh, or allowed it to happen. At that point, there's not really much input, I suppose, from civilian uh, or civilian input, input from politicians. Once you hand it over to the military, the military, they know what they're doing. Let them carry on and do, do what they're meant to do, you know. And, and again, not directly because, again, you haven't seen military on the streets in a lot of places, um, but you have seen police uh, acting in, in very heavy-handed ways against the population and you know that's and of course the police are can do that but uh, particularly in australia um it seems there was definitely a military military feel behind the whole thing you know yeah um uh similarly in, well in the uk from the beginning yeah we've got a couple of slides on this from forces.net so it's the publication of the uk armed forces mm -hmm. this is from january both of these are january you can pull up either one yeah january 7th this year Army to use battle preparation techniques and vaccine rollout. <laughs> How did there's there something wrong with that, the juxtaposition of those two things? Vaccine rollout is vaccines. You know, it's for children. You know, it's to help them to make sure children don't get sick. It's a humanitarian. It's a very, you know, it's a peaceful thing almost. You know, at least it has been. You know, all these years, I suppose. You know, it's it's, it's associated with with care for children and elderly. But here you have battle preparation techniques for rolling out a vaccine. It's like, I don't know. Can you imagine a bunch of military... Maybe they'll put them... We'll get in, into that, actually. Maybe they'll put them into hospitals, you know? They should put the military into hospitals and, and have them given out primary care to patients, you know? They can, like, you know, like in, uh, what do you call full metal jacket, you know? They can, they can bring the patients in and say, Get in your bed, you fucking maggot! <laughs> you know? Uh, Eat your food, you... Yeah. It would be funny, yeah, if it wasn't uh, actually happening. If you do a skit on it, you know, uh, where the military take over the hospitals and all the military dress up in nurse outfits, you know, soldiers, grunts, straight out of the Marines, dress up in nurse outfits and go into <laughs> hospitals and start providing primary care. Well, well, they'll be good at stabbing people with needles and stuff, you know, they just pretend it's like they just get focused on the patient as a as one of those dummies that hang up on the, you know, in the boot camp and stuff, and they can just hack, attack them with a needle, you know. Well, in the UK, the, the military has rapid reaction teams, whatever they are, they're involved in actually administering the vaccines. Yeah, 
in plain clothes, are. probably. Right? Or are they in their fatigues? And they're in fatigue. Do you remember the scenes from the, those Nightingale hospitals yeah. where the, the emergency hospitals... The ones that were, were never used, do we? That yeah. were never used, but... Yeah. The old time they were used the, by the, three people. The military built them and then they staffed them. Yeah, and no one with, came. And it's just... Uh, no one came, but... Okay, so that was the handle of COVID last year. But in terms of the vaccine rollout, there's um, vaccine centres. No one knows how many exactly, but... A bunch of vaccine centers are, well, what they say is that, that they're scouted. The military finds ideal locations. It could be sports centers, whatever. Um, and basically commandeers the use of such. This is happening all over the place. Um, in Australia, in Ireland, the track and trace, the military was involved in that. In mm. doing follow up, so that's that's the computer. That's the kind of you know administrative stuff. Mm. It's not it's not like uh, new it's, hires from the government. It's not like low level. They were having military people yeah. to do to, to do, do digital track and trace. to do signal signal intelligence. Well, yeah, but pretty it, much. It has a, it can, you can just transfer it over. You know what I mean? If you see it as a, as a war um, scenario, you can. There's a lot of military military disciplines or aspects of the military that can be transferred over to that kind of thing like um, obviously policing it on the streets policing people in, in hospital in uh, what are they called uh, quarantine centres um, but also behind the scenes planning the rollout, the propaganda, the information like Canadian uh, report um, on the National Post in Canada about the military involvement there a lot of it was, if you read through it, a lot of it was to do with uh, uh, using propaganda and messaging techniques that they've directly, basically against the enemy, how to how to uh, manipulate populations to believe certain things with certain type of messaging. That is all the domain of the military. Like that, you know, government don't have um, their political messaging and stuff. And sure, there's some overlap, but the military, throughout many theaters of war, where they're dropping leaflets and using all sort and setting up, you know, radio stations and all that kind of stuff. They're the ones who have the long history of using propaganda and, you know, almost mind control techniques in a certain way on, on a mass scale uh, through messaging to, to, to turn a population uh, against their own government uh, or on f towards the invaders or whatever, that kind of thing. So they're the ones who have all the history of it. So it's not surprising that they would be, turn they would be turned to or they would be used in this situation. But it is surprising and shocking that the government decided that they were, that this was actually a, like a war scenario, you know, and, and the messaging, even from the government at the time, about this was a war against COVID, that, uh, you know, this invisible enemy that we had to fight and stuff was just to uh, set it all up, yeah. We should have seen it at the beginning. I mean, it should have been clear at the beginning when they're using those terms that the military was operating in the background, you know. Yeah. Well, that Canadian plan went into operation in April 2020. Yeah. From the beginning to target adversaries online. Well, who is that? It's yeah. going to be any dissent, isn't it? Well, that's another point: is that mil the military and, and civilian intelligence, like in the UK, MI, in the US, the FBI, and um, in the UK, MI5 and MI6, whatever, have been for a long time have been involved in uh, internet propaganda and what are they called? Creating dynamic narratives, shaping dynamic, shaping dynamic narratives. narratives to to influence people's opinions and ideas and what they believe to be true and not true on the internet. The military. Well, civilian intelligence with a there you have a close overlap with uh, military intelligence. There's there's not much to choose between them going back a long time. But 
Yeah. yeah. The 77th Brigade in the UK Armed Forces. Right, 77th Brigade, yeah. Yeah. Let's look at the other um, report from forces.net, also from January this year. That's some more details. Um, Armed for Okay, so this is this lists and details in some of the areas. Armed uh, Forces personnel are helping the NHS to roll out a COVID-19 mass vaccination program. Scroll down a little bit. You can't, I'm afraid. It's just a screenshot oh. of the headline, but I have the article content here. We'll, we'll also add this in the show blur, the show notes, so people can check this out. Begins the British military is engaged in a battle again. The rhetoric against the virus, uh, confirmed as the quote biggest ever homeland military operation in peacetime, and that's the case for all of the countries we're, we're mentioning here. The five eyes, and we'll talk about Israel in a minute. Is by far, and in that respect, this is the biggest anything for the military in all these countries since World War Two. Mm-hmm. Even bigger than you know the war on terror. The war on terror they sent. In the U.S.'s case, is that a lot of troops over there, but at home, there weren't as many troops like um, around the time of the, the riots in U.S. cities last yeah. year. They had National Guard, but there's much more military mm-hmm. involvement in uh, initially last year and also this year in the vaccine rollout program. The, the Forces Net goes on to say the armed, British Armed Forces are rolling out a COVID-19 mass vaccination program alongside the NHS. It's just a supportive role, but they're actually also administering injections themselves. Hmm. If some dude in military fatigues comes at me with a needle, it's going to be a problem. Like, uh... All 29 facilities for the vaccine rollout program in Scotland were built by the military. Right. Built or, you know, um, acquired. So they sussed out a location and I don't know, they can just rent it yeah, or just commandeer it? Well, it's happening. I mean, it's happening yeah. more recently in, in New York as well. The, let's just play that. What's her name? Kathy Hoschel? Kathy Hoschel, New York governor? I don't governor. know how to pronounce that. Hoschel, Hoschel, Hochul. The whatever. substitute governor. Yeah, the unelected governor, uh, which is, you know, part of the course these days, really. Uh, unelected governor. It's a YouTube video. Um, she was Cuomo's number two for a whole term. For number two, two in what? No, so number, she didn't know anything about n- it? Number two in what way? Well, she was the deputy governor. Yeah. What else? Anyway, we're talking about Cuomo here after all. But she survived, obviously. Um, yeah. But we want Let's to hear listen. talking about Gad first. No, we'll do that afterwards because okay. this is what she's setting up to... Uh, this is explaining what... She's explaining what New York has to do in a de- during a deadly pandemic. One of the factors being you have to fire 72,000 nurses during a deadly pandemic. Makes sense. Don't think about it too much. It makes sense. Just shut up and believe. Go ahead. Today is a significant deadline. It reflects my priority to just stop this virus dead in its tracks. We are over it. We are done. We want to move on. And the only way we can do that is to ensure that everyone is vaccinated, but particularly individuals who are taking care of the people who are sick. My job number one in this state is to keep people safe. Clear, simple. There's no way to cloud that. There's no gray area. I need to keep people in this state safe. And we'll be nation leading with our 
mandate, which strikes at midnight tonight when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of New York or a health care facility to have been vaccinated, I will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to address the shortages where they occur, and that's going to allow me to deploy the National Guard who are medically trained. Think, people, pause there for a second. Think about what she just said. I have just signed an executive order to give me the emergency powers uh -huh. necessary to deploy the National Guard into hospitals. So I just signed a document that signed by me telling me that I can do this, i.e. deploy the National Guard into hospitals. Cool. If it works, yeah. Deploy. Yes. Not the use of that language. Yeah, just, they're going to parachute them in. And strikes at midnight. They're going to come out of helicopters in through the windows of hospitals and, and bust in and throw out the unvaccinated nurses out the windows and take their places. Have that on. Inside sources told me that's the way I'm going to do it. Anyway, next one. Uh, sorry, uh, carry on. Retired who may have had a license lapse, bring in people from elsewhere. That is not my first position, though, my friends. My, my, my desire is to have the people who've been out there continue to work in their jobs, work in them safely, and to all the other healthcare workers who are vaccinated, they also deserve to know that the people they're working with will not get them sick. Fab. Okay, just do the JPEG. Do you have the JPEG? Maybe you don't. Um, no, I don't know if I sent it to you or not. Um, right, and anyway. Um, yeah, that's no. The, what um, I don't, I don't think I have. It. I didn't bring it. Um, basically, but everybody knows it anyway. What you just said at the, the end there—that they yeah. have the right not to be uh, endangered by unvaccinated people. You know, she apparently is one of the many, many people who are too effing stupid to just look up some some multiple studies that have been released over the past few months that show that vaccinated people carry and transmit just as much virus as people are unvaccinated. So unvaccinated people are no threat to the vaccinated, but she's firing 72,000 nurses. 72,000? In New York City. And Across the state? Just No, New York City. Just the city. Oh, no, she, she's the governor, yeah. She'd be okay. the governor, right. so it sounds more like it would right. be statewide, but still, yeah. that's an enormous... Yeah, still a lot. New York, New York State, yeah. Um, no doubt they already have shortages for other reasons. Well, they do, yeah. I mean, but... She doesn't care, and she says, you know, she said there as well that it's not, you know, her first thing when she was talking about deploying the National Guard, replacing them, replacing these, these healthcare staff with the National Guard, is not her first job. Her first job is to take people, keep people safe. And the, but there's no grey area there. It's no. just totally unambiguous yeah. My, to protect you, yeah. keep you so safe. So I've just signed this executive order in order to keep you safe, which allows me to deploy the National Guard uh, to hospitals to take the place of healthcare professionals. In order to keep people safe, i.e. keep vaccinated people safe from unvaccinated people, when vaccinated people carry as much and spread as much virus as, 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 uh, as, as unvaccinated people. So she's, she just, I mean, they just repeat this. That they're over, so many, in so many cases, that the whole justification for the continuation of these kind of bullshit draconian measures is, is that, is this idea of unvaccinated people are a threat. Yet there's multiple studies that show one of them in Israel uh, that involved 2.5 million people in Israel showing that the vaccinated carry and transmit the virus as much as unvaccinated people. But they completely ignore them and carry on as if 
because that, that, that would totally undermine their argument and everything they're doing. It would under, undermine the, their justification for what they're doing. But, so they just ignore it. That's the state we're at. We're, 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 at, a, we're at, a, at a point where elected officials are carrying on down the road of, you know, fucking up society and uh, yeah. continuing to, 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 you know, to impact directly people's lives, thousands of people's lives, continue this state of emergency, it's, this fear and loathing it's like a, on the basis of nothing, on the basis of nothing, on the basis of evidence that is directly contradicted by scientific studies. And they claim the science is behind me. Yeah. We're, at this, we're at a point where it's just, it's, it's off the rails, it's gone. It doesn't it's matter, forget it's, about it. It's like it. a battering ram. It yeah. just goes on and on and on. Look at the fact of, of what she's just uh, deployed the fact of it is she's militarized in some to some extent or another it's going to be visible now the militarization in quotes because you know it's not going to be total but you're going to see people in fatigues in hospitals mm -hmm. as your nurses mm -hmm. of some kind or another or they're there to protect you yeah and the the, the corollary to that fact is that you you don't have 70,000 trained, experienced to yeah. some degree or another, nurses in those hospitals. Mm -hmm. So they're somewhere else. They're, they're outside. They're being, this is what they said was going to happen. From Macron announcing this in France back in July onwards, it is happening what they said would happen. They're going to exclude the non-vaccinated from visit, the, being visible and functional in society mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be replaced with others. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna they're gonna screw up society. They're gonna screw up uh, many. Oh, yeah, it's happening on mass everywhere. Yeah, but and economically as well, it's gonna cause you know uh, the well. I mean, the same measures are. We'll talk about it in a little bit again, just briefly. But the economic uh, impacts of the measures they've been imposing under this kind of uh, dodgy, barely plausible pandemic are gonna have serious economic Im uh, impacts down the line. But. Uh, Kathy Hochul, 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 anyway, her, to her credit, she does, you know, she does really care about people and it's because she's Catholic and being a Catholic, she has a personal relationship with Jesus and she talked about Jesus and vaccines. Now, the connection with Jesus and vaccines might not be obvious to you, but Kathy's going to explain it. Oh. Twitter. Too many tweets. Too many tweets. New York Governor Jesus loves vaccine. I, th I think it's... Um... Uh, there we are. Okay. Clown World Today, the only channel to see on Twitter. I've prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from Amazing. God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank Praise you. Jesus. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you. Alongside my crucifix. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. She's you're worse the smart than ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. Yeah. You You're know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? 
but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. Show I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to mm-hmm. a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already yeah. sick or you wouldn't the be there. The bullshit. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get, fight, fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to fighting systemic racial injustice, which yeah, exists right, today. Right, and right, if right, there's a right. denier, I will take you on any day because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my. Uh, yeah, Jesus. I'm glad she stopped there. Uh, That's a dangerous par- combination. The parable of the vaccinated. I don't remember that in the Bible, the, in the New Testament. The parable of the vaccinated. Was that, is that a lesser known parable of, of Jesus? Parable of the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. Was that what were Jesus found a vac- an unvaccinated woman and the crowd wanted a stoner and he said no um, uh, and he like he said washed, no. washed her feet and stabbed her in and the he, arm and he jabbed her himself yeah yeah I, it's a, I don't I haven't read the New Testament in a long time but it could be in there um, but yes yeah, she's that's, uh, that's some toxic combination dad told me yeah, yeah. like she if she believes plus you know she's a, a battering ram of political power herself you know she's yeah. a career politician that is a dangerous combo yeah it's 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 shameful it's shocking it's i mean she's got some balls on her like you know to to stand up there i mean she's a catholic but probably who knows who she's practicing i certainly she, she doesn't she's talking there like a like a fundy fundy christian and she's not you know what i mean mm-hmm. she's exploiting uh people's belief in order to uh, religious belief in order to get them to take a vaccine that they don't actually need are getting exploit exploit those people to get them to force other people to get a vaccine that those other people don't need for it's so basically like, it it's for like money she, ultimately yeah. it's for money she, she's pushing it and they're all pushing it for money so she's using jesus as if jesus you know like a, almost like it was a parable of jesus about you know to, to, in order to push vaccines in order to enrich herself probably or people she knows and uh what didn't Jesus throw moneylenders out of the temple or something? Among other things. Did he throw her out of the temple? Can he throw her out of the temple? Can he throw her out of office? When is Jesus coming back to smite her? Does Jesus smite or is that only Yahweh? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, There's so much going on there. It's. I just, uh, it makes me look cross-eyed. I, I want you, when she's speaking <clears throat> to the converted, I want you to be my apostles. Yeah, yeah. And to go out and to love your neighbor, to do what you can to get him or her. But if, if you don't, <clears throat> I want you to shun them. Implication. And that's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus would do. And she, again, she used that you don't want to get the you don't want to get the the, the the disease from them. Again, she's talking to people who are all vaccinated, obviously, and she's making the claim that these people are in danger from unvaccinated people after you've been vaccinated. So what good's a vaccine? It's just there's no there's no facts anymore, you know. There's no data. There's no no truth in any of it. It's all just people Ex- making except making for up. like I said, the, the consistency of this battering ram of must vaccinate, must vaccinate, like to the point of like we we wondered about this years ago. You know how far would they go because. The powers that be always seemed 
to have one foot in the reality of not upsetting the apple cart to the point of hurting their own financial interests. Mm -hmm. And or if they were even more, if less, uh, giving them some leeway that they're bigger than simply what the bottom line of their bank accounts is, not upsetting the apple cart of basic social mm -hmm. cohesion. cohesion. But, well, that debate's answered, you know, in the last few months as to what they are willing to do. Yeah. 70,000 nurses, which are badly needed, exposing, of course, the lie of a deadly plague. A deadly pandemic, yeah. That requires all hands on decks and the <coughs> nurses being yeah. heroes and stuff like that. Yeah. And all and all. But, okay, well, they can just overlook that. Mm -hmm. They're willing to, okay, get lost. A lot of you just get the F out of here, bring in the military, fine. Mm -hmm. We don't need you. Yeah, well, going back, going back to Oz, Australia for a minute, there's a, I don't know if people know, but the Australian, you probably heard about the Australian, the Premier, who's kind of like the governor of one of the states, there's five or six, five states in, in Australia, the country's divided up into five states, about four or five million people, more or less, in each one or whatever. Um, and there's a Premier, a governor, basically, of that state, and the governor of New, New South Wales, which is the most populous state in Australia, she resigned uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, well, let's hear. The, her name is uh, Gladys Berberjiklian. She's Armenian of Armenian descent, and um, she resigned because um, of a corruption probe that was announced about her. Now, here on the the, the YouTube video with the, the timestamp on it, uh, this is her just very sh briefly give you a, a taste of her attitude towards um, vaccines and what she's been all about over the past, you know. 18 months. Go ahead. But why open it up for unvaccinated people even from the 1st of December? So if your child has a sporting coach who's unvaccinated, they can't coach a kid up until December 1, but from then on they'll be able to. Well, Kashi, uh, a lot of organisations already have uh, mandatory vaccine policies in place. And even though the government is saying unvaccinated people might have other rights from the 1st of December, a lot of airlines have said they won't carry anybody who's not vaccinated. A lot of businesses have said we won't welcome anyone that's unvaccinated. Uh, I want to be very clear, life for the unvaccinated will be very difficult indefinitely. And what I'm really pleased about is that's the way enough. in which our... Um, Life that unvaccinated would be very difficult. Life would be very difficult <clears throat> if you're unvaccinated indefinitely. Just on that point I was making before, uh, Liquid, Liquid Rush in the comments there just said they've got seven states. He thinks they've got seven states down there. I assume he's from uh, Australia. So sorry about that. I said five or six. Close enough. You've got seven. I'm sure one of them isn't really important. So. Yeah, the capital Canberra is its own yeah, state. Yeah, it's not important. And uh, that Northern Territory isn't very important either probably, right? It's just full. Oh, it's full Ryan of says Tasma <clears throat> Tasmania is its own state. Oh, sorry. Tasmania. Is that important? I don't know. What about the Northern Territory? Surely that's not that important. It's got Darwin and a bunch of like salties, swamps, salt, salties, and, and 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 desert. I mean, who lives? Who lives in the Northern Territory? Nobody, right? <clears throat> uh, a few brave salt. dingoes, a bunch of dingoes, a few intrepid explorers. Um, anyway, um, so that's what she said. So she's a uh, she was pushed, super pushing, the super pusher of the vaccines and the lockdowns and uh, and sidelining. Uh, vaccinated people, life is going to be very difficult for them indefinitely if they don't get vaccinated. I, you know, whatever. You're not going to be able to work. You're not going to be able to engage in social life. You're, you're, you're an outcast. Um, 
so she resigned um, because of a corruption scandal. We just put up the, the JPEG leader quits corruption. Um, just for evidence, basically. Um, that's her. Australian state leader quits over corruption investigation. Leader of Australia's most popular state has quit as premier after an anti-corruption watchdog revealed it is investigating her over a secret relationship with a former lawmaker. Backstory to that is some other dodgy politician who was a ne'er-do-well. He was, he was involved in a corruption scandal and she was having a secret relationship with him. And when she was the... Before she was the treasurer or the secretary of the treasury or whatever of, of the state of New South Wales. And she signed off on a deal he wanted uh, to a 5.5 million grant for that he wanted given to uh, a, a job he had for his constituency, basically for a project in his constituency, which was a, to expand a clay pigeon shooting range or whatever. And it was a, basically initially the assessment on the on the application for the grant was, yeah, this is crap. It's not going to benefit us at all. So it was rejected. But then she had a look. She became premier had a look at it and said, oh, this is something I think we should support. So we, they, they put aside 5.5 million for it. So that's kind of come out. But she, um, so she recently announced that she was resigning because that investigation that's been going on for four or five years now hasn't reached any conclusion, but they just, for some reason, she just decided now was the time to resign. And it's probably not going to conclude for another couple of years. Uh, into her whether or not she was basically conflict of interest some her her sugar daddy was wanted money from the government a grant from the government and she <coughs> she kind of made it happen uh, against the against any good sense basically so it's been going on for a couple few years it has a couple more years to go there's no you know it's not clear that she will be you know accused or prosecuted or whatever but now she decides to resign uh, which is strange mm. because she should have just kind of like brass necked it and, and carried on and said I'm not resigning oh. well wait until the final investigation reaches or the, reach, the investigation reaches conclusion and then we'll see and she could have continued on as premier essentially governor of, of New South Wales but she just up and said well I gotta go sorry it's breaking my heart I gotta go I love everybody I just wanted to vaccinate you all but I'm not gonna be able to see you later but so but there's another aspect of this there's a guy called geez, I can't remember his name um, anyway he's a politician a former politician and a big businessman in Australia uh, he's, he's kind of like part of the furniture in a way in Australia he's well known uh, that's just the MP4 Scotty just play that he did this two weeks ago he gave this kind of presser I suppose two weeks ago uh, just play that part what's his name um, more concerning Lewis. to me personally is the fact that um, both Pfizer and AstraZeneca would not allow their products to be sold in Australia unless the Australian government gave them a full indemnity. If they killed anyone or maimed them, they wouldn't be responsible, the government would be. So I find that a very disturbing thing, that the government didn't take the view and say, well, if you're confident in your product, you should stand behind it. Clive, what would you say right now to the people of Sydney, New South Wales, mm. 1,600 cases, 1,800 cases a day, whatever they're up to at the moment, mm. it's horrible what's going on in there. People dying. Yeah, we've seen, hang on, we've seen people die in hospital. Mm. They're not dying of fake disease. They're dying of COVID-19. You're up here today. Mm. It's irresponsible. Well, I don't believe that, you know. But, but what would you say to the people well, that can't open their business well, well, because 
I would say it's terrible. Well, the Premier is telling them that the only way out is a double jab, and that's what they've been told. Yeah, I'd say the Premier is lying to them. I'd say that she's under an IPAC inquiry, that a particular lobbyist in Sydney controls the Liberal Party in Sydney and told her that the only way she gets out of that inquiry is if she pushes the double jab. And his clients are AstraZeneca, and his clients are Pfizer. That, that's what I'd say. Okay. And, uh, so that's... Hold on. Well, keep going. If you let me answer your question, I'll, I'll answer it. You're just answering no, 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 that's what I... You ask, you ask me. You ask. Oh, shut up, you stupid yeah, idiot. Well, reporter guy. well, if you don't want me to answer the question, you know, I'll answer the question to start with. That's what I'd tell them, and I'd say that what the premiers tell them is not true, and that that policy should they shouldn't be locked down, businesses should be open, and the go and the government's using this as an excuse to destroy them, and that's they know that. That, that's they, 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 do you think that the premier of New South Wales wants to destroy business? I do. And, and why, why would she do that? Because it's her because she, as I tried to explain to you, that she's being directed by a lobbyist in Sydney, who's being paid by AstraZeneca and by Pfizer tens of millions of dollars to get these policies through to make sure the vaccine is, is pushed. That's why. You asked the question, I gave you the answer. And that's my personal knowledge. And I'm happy to make a personal statement knowledge. Here to police or to anyone if they want to know what's going on. Well, that's all. Uh, well, I'll be doing that, but it, 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 they'll, they'll be named. But not, not only that. So basically he's talking about the, the Premier, the, mm -hmm. that woman, um, Gladys, Gladys. Berjiklin, who uh, just resigned, and he's saying this is two weeks before she resigned, saying that um, he has personal knowledge of the fact that she is pushing vaccines uh, on the basis of our bribes. Uh, well, lobbyists in Sydney who are taking tens of millions of dollars from Pfizer and AstraZeneca representatives to put pressure on her to push the vaccines with the promise that she would get out of this corruption scandal that she's involved in if she does that, if she plays ball and pushes the vaccines as she has been doing, like a very, very good girl. Um, that, and, and there's a lot of money. I was tens of millions of dollars being given to lobbyists who are then spreading it around to whoever in different ways. You know what I mean? So the fact that she, the, question, the answer to the question is why she, she just walked out couple of days ago and said I resign when she didn't really have to comes two weeks after this guy said what he said which has accused her basically of taking being involved in directly or indirectly with lobbyists money from uh, AstraZeneca and Pfizer to push the vaccine mandate and that she would get out of her corruption pro if she if she if she played ball um, and he said that he the guy the former politician, businessman guy who said that he has personal information, personal knowledge of this, said that he would say it to, he would tell it to the police, he'd tell it to anybody who wanted, he would provide evidence to the police and anybody who wanted to know. And a couple of weeks later, she she just walks out and says, bye bye, I'm gone. Right. Well, this guy, someone in the chat room suggested is Clive Palmer. Clive Palmer is his name. Yeah. he has some clout then that she was He's worried enough to fall on her sword. For sure, yeah. For what she probably wouldn't have fallen on. No, but it, otherwise. isn't it handy how you can have these that's the corruption scandal. scandals? Yeah, masking the real the real scandals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that well, that probably goes to explain an awful lot of politicians What's everywhere being battering rams. That is being replicated. There's so much the world. cash awash in the coffers of big pharma. We've mentioned this before. 
since 9-11 and the war on terror, remember who, who were the big lobbyists back then? By far and away, it was big oil followed by defense contractors. Defense contractors. Now, dwarfing them two to one, way ahead as big pharma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That'll explain an awful lot of politicians being just, yeah, battering rams. God told me to tell you to be my apostles. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, my bank account told me yeah. to tell you. Yeah, or people who, who have dirt on me told me to tell you that you need to do this, you know. And they treat, the politicians treat pop ordinary people like idiots, you know. And my question, all I've always had this question, is whether or not they're right to do that. Because there are, are an awful lot of easily manipulated people out there and childlike people out there in the population. And politicians accurately see them that way and mm -hmm. think that, well, we're just going to manipulate them. We're just going to tell them what they need to hear and we'll get them to do what we need them to do. And, you know, they'll be all right. And, you know, but they're feathering their own nest. They're... They're, they're justifying their own, their own jobs. They're enriching themselves in one way or another in, in, in with money or with power or whatever uh, in, in doing that. So they're not well-intentioned towards the population. And you can see on the basis of this entire pandemic issue that none of it has been in the interest of the, pop, of the, the ordinary people of this world. They've all had a very bad time and for no good reason whatsoever. Um, like we keep saying, I know it's 18 months now, but back at the beginning of this, not long after this whole alleged pandemic started, it was very well known that the only people who were in danger from this virus were people who are very old and almost invariably with one, two, three or four comorbidities. I people that are very late, uh, with a very short life expectancy. And these are the same people who would be in danger of uh, many other viruses. But suddenly they had to be saved at all costs. And the entire population had to be locked down for 18 months and the economy screwed over. Uh, why? Because of, well, as we've seen, there was a plan of a, from fairly early on to try and vaccinate the entire population of the, of the globe and, and make some people extremely wealthy and also give other people who have a, a, a tendency or a, a, a bent for um, just controlling the population, getting people to do what they want them to do. Uh, it served their interests very well as well. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of people out there who don't agree with us and stuff, but... Um, I've checked with myself. <laughs> when I think about it, I can't come up with any other more rational, logical, obvious answer to this entire situation than that. That's a problem of power, corrupt people in positions of power attempting to enrich themselves or gain control and power over, over their population. The population. Uh, it fits, it maps to reality, and it's the best explanation as to why what has happened has happened. But, of course, there's all sorts of other naive, childish narratives out there that people prefer to go with. And they can go with them if they want. But it's a very dangerous game to play. Because if I'm right, or if we're right, and it is what we say it is, then you're just, like I've said before, being led down the garden path to somewhere not very pleasant. You're not going to find yourself in a very good position if you put your trust and faith in people of that corrupt, uh, let's say sociopathic nature who don't really care about the ordinary people. And of course, people who don't care about other people when they want to uh, get something from them will tell them repeatedly, we really care about you. Jesus yeah. cares about you. We're just doing this for your yeah. safety. We're trying to keep you safe. No, they're not. The only person responsible for keeping you safe is you. And if you, if you shirk that responsibility, you're in trouble. Inevitably, you're in trouble. Yeah. But people can listen to that advice or not. Bottom line is free will. Do what you want. You'll find out. Okay, we've seen draconian measures in New York State last week. Um, 
the consequence of draconian measures in New South Wales and Australia. Let's cross now to California last week. Um, we've got a screenshot of a headline from San Francisco Gate. Gavin, Gavin Newsom mandates COVID vaccines to attend school with no testing alternative. Mm -hmm. And I pulled this out from the article in last week's SF Gate. There is no testing alternative to the mandate and students who are not vaccinated can remain enrolled in independent study but cannot participate in in-person instruction. In-person instruction. That's part of the new, uh, new normal lingo. I hate it so much. In-person instruction, yeah. That he can stay at home with a mask on and Skype or Zoom. That weird... Into class, but that's it. You're not coming into the building. That weird in-person instruction thing? Who does that anymore? I know. It's a privilege, and we will dole it out depending on your, yeah. your social credit. Yeah. You'll get to see other people if you're good. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, it's funny. You're putting him in California after what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. New South Wales mm -hmm. and Pfizer and other big pharma companies. There's another guy who's, well, I won't, I won't say it because I'll be speculating without any evidence, but <clears throat> you can read between the lines. Um, do we want to look at the <laughs> Biden booster shot? Let's do that just for just quickly, just so people, in case anybody doesn't know, in case this is, is a teaching moment, they call it a teaching moment. Some asshole used to on at me about teaching moments very obnoxious one of you just dis disagreed with me he'd, he'd tell me he'd tell me okay this is a teaching moment he's <laughs> going to school me by giving me a teaching moment i just wanted to like nuke him anyway uh yeah where's biden show me biden the leader of the free world as everybody knows the leader of the free world got vaccinated at the white house the other day right this is this is that's what happened vast amount of people know that the leader of the free world got his booster shot his third vaccine you can see he's at the at, white house because the white house. you have because the white house through the window and those the leaves. room is white yeah it's white and there's a flag and biden's there and it's stuff uh yeah um so anyway yeah let, let's let's we let's see are healthy. we're doing more than every other nation in the world combined we're going to yeah, have of well you are. over a billion 100 million shots and we're going to continue going really? We're going to do our part. We've also Brilliant. given a great deal of funding to COVAX, which is the vehicle that does this. So we have plenty, plenty of opportunities to make. He has no idea what's going on. in the world to play our part, the largest yeah. part in the world, of getting everyone vaccinated. Oh, we are helping. We're doing yeah, very okay. Good. <clears throat> and go to the next one, which you can see from there. That's not the White House. Oh, it's not the White House. What is that? It's some shitty room somewhere with a stage and reporters all around. Biden's basement? It, it, it's a bunker, yeah. Uh, it's it's a situation room. No, it's 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 probably a town hall or something like that, you know? Somewhere, I don't know, who cares? But obviously it's like only a very small part of the White House and it's made of plastic. Um, and of course... Joe so, Rogan got in trouble for suggesting that he probably wasn't given a Pfizer booster shot. Because the idea, what happens if something of goes course, on? Of course. The idea. But that's, I mean, doesn't everybody know that? I mean, do people not know that? I mean, it's happened like uh, other uh, presidents and notable people, famous, important people over the years have taken various shots or medicines or different things. 
you know, live in order to encourage the population to see, look, I'm doing it. But I thought everybody knew that they don't do that. You don't take, you know, the, the leader of the free world, the most important man in the world, uh, you know, and stick an experimental drug in his arm with the cameras of the world rolling. Because, especially one that has, however small, the possibility of a fairly immediate adverse event, i.e. a negative, a bad reaction to it. Yeah. So, I mean, you simply don't take... The amount of, the amount of, the amount of uh, protection and, and stage managing and PRing around someone like the President of, of the US... Uh, is 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 it's ridiculous. I mean, it's managed down to the ladder. Is every word. So you think anybody is going to take anybody who manages Sleepy Joe, you know, who kind of gives him a sedative at night or whatever, and his uppers in the morning, who who you think they're going to put him in front of the world pop population, and actually give him an experimental vaccine and risk him starting to froth in the mouth or something, fall over, and you know, speak in tongues or something. It's ridiculous. It doesn't happen. It's propaganda. Yeah. I mean, do we really have to go that far? Are people so stupid? Are, are there so many people who are so stupid out there that they simply they can't see even that far to realize that even from the point of view of like just being responsible in a certain sense or being, you know, doing due diligence and making sure that, you know, that kind of thing doesn't happen, that you wouldn't give him a vaccine and that he obviously didn't get a vaccine. So what are we meant to assume then that he was prepared to take the vaccine, but he couldn't because of health well, because of you know presidential protocol or PR protocol or whatever, what do we meant to? I mean, the conclusion has to be that the, first of all, obviously not the White House. Second, he didn't get the vaccine. Right. So, what do you say about it? That's it. Do you get excited about it and Twitter, tweet about it or something like that? And, and do you actually believe that it's, that has happened? Well, you get hauled up for being a conspiracy theorist for suggesting it, but. Everybody but knows it, that this goes on all the time. Is that the definition of a conspiracy theorist? Someone who points out the screamingly obvious? That everybody, that is pure logic and even... Well, no, it's probably exp very expansive. Now it's anyone who casts doubt on the reality and need for response to that reality of anything to do with this. So what, what, if you're a good citizen and you're smarter, you know better than to believe that Biden actually got a Pfizer Brewster shot there, you shut up. You'll be quiet because the message has a purpose, and the purpose okay. is so, to all those so you're hesitant to people, to people out there to hurry up. And so it's an admission then that a lot of it is being done based on lies, then, and and and, and ex exploiting people's propaganda for the greater good. For the greater good, that's what it is. So, like, if Biden went to China, and he's there with uh, President Xi, and he's sitting eating a bowl of noodles, and he's talking into the noodles, and if I say probably those noodles were, came with him on Air Force One. He didn't take the noodles that G's chef gave him. That's a conspiracy theory and I need to shut up. <laughs> no, everyone knows that. <laughs> but that's the same. The same logic applies to the vaccine, to the supposed vaccine that he got. But they would never want to undermine so just belief you in know the it, safety you shut up. of the vaccine. But everyone knows that a foreign adversary, in quotes, could potentially... Try to poison, and a vaccine can potentially poison you. There's well, plenty not of if it's made by our companies, and we never want to undermine. Not if it's a saline solution. <laughs> well, it's or obvious. It's, it's a no-brainer, of course. Cast your mind back to the first photo op in January. I remember it well. Presser around 
the first nurse in the United States to receive the Pfizer vaccine. She faints. And then not immediately because she's afraid of needles. A few minutes later, she freaking collapsed in front of the cameras. Mm -hmm. It was a disaster. And they have to be really cautious thereafter. Well, I'll also cast my mind back to the first person vaccinated in the UK. Oh, God, yeah. What was his name? Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. His name was William Shakespeare. And that was pure chance. He was just picked out of a lottery. There was no planning. It wasn't a propaganda event or anything like that. It just so happened that the first person, this 80-something-year-old guy in the UK, happened to be called William Shakespeare. And that, so the headlines could write, William Shakespeare gets a vaccine. Won't you? Don't you like William Shakespeare? Don't you, didn't you learn William Shakespeare in school? Can't you recite some of his, his uh, soliloquies? Surely if William Shakespeare would get the vaccine, say, I know we're not talking about the real William Shakespeare. It may as well be, though. Like, I mean, they should have dressed him up as William Shakespeare, actually. They also call that day V-Day. Victory in Vaccine, vaccine. Day. Oh, yeah. V-V-Day. Victory Vaccine Day. I, again, they're, trying to, they're not kidding around when they say this is World War II of our generation, you know, and you should treat it as such. You should treat it as seriously as such and World have as much for respect what? for it as such. World War II Us talking like this is like just the worst. Where are the bodies? World War Two. usually in World War Two, there were a lot of bodies in World War Two. about 65 million. They're all over the world, Joe. There's 5 million of them. Piling up. How many people die in the world every year? Who knows? 27 million. Yeah, but they didn't die of COVID. That's a whole other thing. No, they died of worse things. Yeah, probably. That were also preventable. But anyway, like just, cancers. Just get the vaccine. Just, just okay. I'll just get the vaccine then. Um, okay, we looked at three states. U.S. government last week. This brings up Biden again. I like he's deciding anything here. Don't but bring whatever. Him up again. We've got the headline from the Daily Mail. Bring up my lunch. Um, this is interesting for a number of reasons. It's about. An overall package that's 3.5 trillion quote reconciliation package. There's a lot going on in it. It's substantially to do with infrastructure redevelopment investment by the U.S. government. This is basically this is harsh on Trump, isn't it? They buried Trump and then they took his idea about reinvesting in the economy. But of course, there's going to be more along the lines of the AOC Green Deal, the Green New Deal thing. But whatever. The story is actually about though within this. Biden includes plan to be able to fine companies that don't mandate vaccines. You remember, of course, that he several 000. weeks ago said the U.S. government's going to lead by mandating it for all federal employees, all military personnel. And he was encouraging. That was the most he could say at the time several weeks ago. He would encourage private companies. And many didn't need encouragement. They're already large employers. They're in tight with the government. They rely on no-bid contracts. They basically are functionaries of government. So, but that's not enough. Now he's going to add an extra incentive of coercion on other private employees, that uh, companies, employers, that said, you know, know what, we're not going to. And if we take a hit, we're prepared to take a principal stance. And so this is the U.S. federal government's response mm -hmm. to private employers. Okay, it's going to hit you. 700,000 is a lot. That's a massive fine. Depending on your company size, of course, some can absorb it. Most, I guess, it's really only a small mom and pop business yeah, at this point, and they will not be able to absorb that kind of threat. So you'll get the vaccine. So effectively else. now it is mandated to be vaccinated in the United States for everyone. Or we're that bit closer to it. Notice the By name the way, of this bill. Holy smokes. 
This is supposed to be a conspiracy theory because they, <laughs> well, they waved a flag everywhere and then they said, no, no, there's no, there's no global coordination behind any of this. Build back better. Build back better, Bill. Build back better, Bill. B, 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 B. But B, B, Which is, of B, course, a World Economic Forum catchphrase. Yeah. <clears throat> repeated it's by globalist, it's coordinated. <clears throat> it comes from think tanks among a very small circle. Of course, there's global around. coordination in all this. They're waving it in your face that there's global coordination behind this. Look this up is not Bill Back Biden Better. Who came up with this bill. It's not the Democratic Party who came up with this bill. Look up Bill Back Better on YouTube and see how many people said Bill Back Better. How many world leaders said Bill Back Better? And oh, they yeah. tell me that they're not all talking to each other. Of course, they're all talking to each other. They're all friends, right? They're all trying to save us and help well, they're us. They're all getting the same. You know that guy, William Shakespeare. Died two months after he got the vaccine. Oh, it's and as as Ryan there was saying, that a COVID um, death or a vaccine death? Who knows? Who cares? He was gone. He had served his purpose at that point, you know. But as somebody in the chat room just said, there everybody knows the uh, the, the the important role that William Shakespeare played in World War Two. So it was a, it was uh, it was an appropriate reality, appropriate uh, use of uh, of that old guy's name, you know. Because it's, it's like it's World War Two, right? It's like a war, right? right. Original war and William Shakespeare bring William Shakespeare in to fight the war and get a vaccine and just shut up and get the vaccine. Neil. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> anyway, um, what are we doing? Is the economy screwed then? Yeah, it's screwed. There's one last vaccine mandate I want to mention. Go on, the Vatican. Ah, uh, yeah, good old Francie. Francie. Yeah, you. Well, he could read you the parable of of the vaccine. anyone in the Vatican. Jesus and the and the vaccine. cardinals, the whole lot. You know, he said in his. In the state, well, in comments about this new uh, mandate, yeah, I don't understand. There are some negationists from, from uh, among negationists. That's you call them negationists. That'll do from among the cardinals. Mm. Um, and then he made a point of saying, "Oh, one of them was hospitalized last week with the virus. Poor fellow." Yeah, get the vaccine. Uh, the guy in question is actually out of <clears> hospital <throat> now, and he's fine. But the snide, snarky. Like, I really, really can't stand that guy. The parable of the unvaccinated Samaritan, of the unvaccinated good Samaritan. He apparently is of the same uh, scriptural bent. Who? As, well, as your woman. Francie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. He's Catholic and so is she. Um, the economy's gone flu-y. There are some counter, there's some, on the other side of the scale, there are some counter moves, if you like. Slovenia recalled it's uh, entire batches of batches, I suppose, plural, of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine mm, in favour of Pfizer. Well, that's what I'm worried about. That it's not. They said it was on the basis of a perfectly healthy woman collapsing of a brain hemorrhage mm. shortly after being vaccinated. Yeah. Indeed, that may well be the case. But as we saw with blood clots and the non-mRNA ones last spring, yeah. there was probably a dirty, dirty move afoot to fill such hope gaps in supply chains with the American ones. So. Yeah. Um, but some genuinely positive news. Um, maybe we want to show this. Do you want to talk about ivermectin? Because I think it's... The development is that... No, I don't want to talk about ivermectin. Ivermectin in India... Horse paste. ...has been used. India doesn't matter anymore. The, they're using ivermectin and you shouldn't talk about them because they're not in the news anymore. I, India and COVID... The, the, there's no news. There's but nothing to say about that. After all that nonsense that gave rise to the fear of ve the variants, right? Not least the Delta, yeah. which was based on, oh my God, look what's happening in India. Four months later, the most populous state in India, Uttar Pradesh, 
Pradesh declares COVID-19 officially free and they because they gave ivermectin to they every have, single citizen. They gave horse paste to every single citizen. It was extremely dangerous. And I don't care if it worked. They should have taken the vaccine. The only people that Pfizer I found who reported on that in the Western media is the One American News Network. No one else, of course. That, that's why I thought I'd bring it up. But there's a new there's a new COVID pill coming out. You know, uh, Pfizer, Pfizer, and someone else has one as well. Both of them are based on uh, the, the method of action is protein. Is it like the birth control pill? It's a protein. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's like the vaccine. Uh, protease inhibitor um, is the method of action. It, that's, it's, a, it's a protease inhibitor, basically one of the main methods of action. And that just happens to be what ivermectin does. But anyway, it's got nothing to do with ivermectin. And anybody who says that it does is a conspiracy theorist and you should shut up and take your vaccine and then take the pill. Um, you couldn't make it up, but they did. Yeah. What about the comedy? The comedy. Well, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, it, and you you concluded people should you know watch shut up for, and take the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> no, watch for an increase. And, and we kept our eyes open, and there's some pretty interesting developments yeah. this week. It was mooted last week by the Chinese government that they may face power shortages yeah. in the industrial sectors, high that require you know vast amounts of energy, steel, um, cement production, etc. And then three days later. They have mass rolling power outages in yeah. homes. I mean, there's images. I don't think it's anyone's fiddling with the media. Sometimes you have to double check and wait yeah. to see what's coming out of China because it can be hyped up as here, as we learned last year, you know, with dead bodies falling in the streets. But it does look legit. They had, honest to God, power shortages in this northeast, mm -hmm. very heavily populated. That's mm -hmm. where Beijing if is. If China has power outages and its factories can't produce, then, you know, uh, yeah. People in the West are going to be in trouble because all your stuff is made is is made in China. Um, all that stuff you love on Amazon and everywhere else is made in China. So yeah, their government gives the same kinds of sets of reasons, and they blame the COVID in part, which of course is not really the COVID. It's the lockdowns, yeah, which seized everything up, reduced and reduce the idiots demand. in their infinite wisdom at the WF and the Davos groups and all that they thought. It's fine. We'll just press reset and we'll press reboot and it'll restart. And, and it didn't restart. There's a few glitches, yeah. It kind of restarted. But what I one of the reasons that China China's having China produces and this is one of the reasons, the main reason that Greta Thunberg hates China is that China produces but its energy, its electricity, let's say, is uh, its power is produced sixty sixty percent about no, it's 60% from coal. coal. It used to be more. It used to be like 80 plus. But now they're reduced down to about 60% coal because that's an indigenous resource they have. And it's kind of, you know, provides a certain amount of energy independence. 60% coal, something like 15% uh, oil, 15% gas, roughly. And a few tiny amount of renewables, tiny amount of... Because everybody produces a tiny amount of their energy from renewables, despite what everybody thinks that we're going to go into... Uh, 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 a wonderful utopian, a green new age, a green new age, a green new future with um, windmills dotting the landscape and solar power. Uh, as you mentioned, I think last week, part of the reason the UK is having an energy problem is because the wind didn't blow. The wind didn't blow strong enough over the past few months right. in the UK, and the the tiny amount of power they get from windmills was kind of cut off. So they're pushing this green agenda. And it's complete bullshit. China, sixty percent coal, twenty percent. 
15% oil, 15% gas. They get a bit of energy from about 7 or 8% from uh, hydro water power, but it's primarily coal. Uh, and part of the reason that they're having these energy problems or you know blackouts or whatever in, in, in different places because they, they and it's it's a reasonable enough explanation they earlier this year i think but you know march april whatever they passed the chinese government passed a law imposing hard you know more tighter restrictions and tighter controls on the coal plants coal quarries and coal plants where they get 60% of their energy from, mm-hmm. which means that it takes, people have to jump through more hoops because a lot of people are actually dying. There's a lot of work fatalities in these coal facilities. Uh, so the Chinese government decided, because there was a bit of an outcry about it in the Chinese media and all that kind of stuff, uh, so they had to impose a lot more security protocols, which means that it takes longer to produce the same amount of energy. And But, I mean, okay, that can't be such a big issue, right? You work with it somehow or other, but... Like you said, the lockdowns and the seizing up, as you described, of the, of the world economy over the past 18 months that then kind of like came back online to a certain extent uh, over the past few months has increased, has, has produced a, a kind of surge in demand. Of course, you, know, you go from... You go from down... Way down, back to, up... To back up. To where it was. Right. And that's around the world, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, that causes them to kind of... Like, well, they happen to produce more over a short period of time, but they can't because these new rules say they have to A, B, C, D, E before they can, you don't have to go through a different program. So it's the, that's the explanation anyway of them having to go through a new set of protocols in order to produce coal so it reduces the actual supply and therefore the supply of energy and you have blackouts and stuff. But also in the entire global economy, there's a, there's a greater demand because of lockdowns on, on, on energy sources and you know, China, if it can't get enough from coal, it's looking to oil or gas and it's, you know, it's, it comes, it's a competitive market basically, you know what I mean? So they're having trouble, basically. The general explanation or the, the general conclusion is that China and other countries are having trouble getting, getting access to energy resources because of the last 18 months and because of other little, various different reasons that contribute to it and it's causing a short, shortfall in supply. It doesn't take much to create a shortfall in supply. Any little glitch in the work somewhere along the line can cause a shortfall in supply, you know. We're not saying that's that's all it is because we think that the impacts of, of lockdown and it's complicated like we've said before and we don't want to talk too much about it because we don't really know it's something you just have to wait and watch and see what happens. But the UK government has said there will be turkeys for Christmas. <laughs> There's 25% of the gas stations in the UK, petrol stations in the UK are pretty much empty. But there will be turkeys for Christmas. But so, you won't have anything to cook them with. There'll be no way to cook them. So, turkey carpaccio. Turkey carpaccio yeah, it is for Christmas. They brought, they brought in Michael Gove to save Christmas. Yes, he's a turkey. He should cook him. Yeah, I read that too. A quarter of... Gas petrol stations, yeah. Are dry. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, and then half are lacking one of either petrol or diesel. Right, and they're saying it'll continue on to Christmas and through Christmas. So there's a lot of signs and symptoms. People just have to watch and, and keep an eye on what's happening. So but contrived it's not, not going that, away. That really has bitten in yeah. the UK. That's no longer like headlines trying to convince you. That is the actual Chris, state of play right now. Crystal ball time is that it's going to continue. You'll see, you know, not necessarily an increasing amount, but a continuing, uh, continuing reports on, you know, maybe... You know, supply chain problems, um, product 
shortages, energy shortages, energy price increases, yeah. food, food price increases over the next few months up until Christmas, until at some point some kind of... And then there's also that whole 3.5 billion, uh, 3.5 trillion stimulus, or not stimulus, um, project, the infrastructure bill. In the US. In the US that hasn't been... They have to raise the limit on government spending in order right. for that to be passed. And that's something there's a possibility of a government shutdown like there was under Trump and all this kind of stuff. So stuff to watch over there. You've got to watch what's going on in America in terms of whether or not they raise the limit on the... I mean, they have to, but... Well, they always have. They always have, but you know, you never know. It could They could drag it out and not raise it. There could be a government shutdown and blah, 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 and blah, blah right? And a hiccup they don't expect. So watch that in. happening. Watch China, uh, energy issues in China, shutdown of factories... Watch uh, well, trans the transport. The city's gone dark. Like yeah, watch transport already. of. Uh, look up. Uh, just look up shipping ship ship tracker or whatever. You can keep an eye on ship tracker. It's a web a website. I don't know if it's called ship tracker, but a ship a shipping tracker website. And you can just you know sh it basically it's like the flight tracker websites, but mm. it's for ships, right? For maritime tra traffic, and it shows everything, everything on any with with, with a little whatever GPS uh, all around the world, you know. But you can reduce it to just tankers and cargo ships. You can just reduce the, what you see, you know, and you can get a look at all the different major ports around the world and see the amount of uh, cargo ships that are stuck because it shows you ones that are moving and ones that are um, anchored. And you can see today even that a lot of them are anchored off some, like on, off Los Angeles, off New York and off uh, Chinese ports. Mm. There's, there's quite a number of them all anchored <coughs> off board because they can't get in because they have to wait their turn. But the, the ones that are in port Take, lock, clogging up the port can't offload their cargo containers because there's no people <coughs> there's, not, there's a shortage yeah. of labour to offload them and there's not I've a lot of space to offload them to put them because there's other cargo containers it's like a chain you know there's cargo containers this sitting on the dock and no one's coming to take them away because they have to have transport to come and take those away to make space for then the cargo on the ship sitting in the dock to offload theirs into that space and then that ship when it's offloaded can leave and then another ship can it's, come in. It's, it's a chain of it's things totally that can easily get, up. Yeah. There's aerial photos of Chinese ports like from super high up with huge snaking lines yeah, yeah. of trucks they, they're just sitting there. Yeah. They can't get in. They right. can't get out. Yeah. Same with the ships. It's bizarre like how it just seized up like that. Yeah. But the thing is they seem to carry on. Well it did. It was easy to carry on during 2020 mm -hmm. because when you reduce everything down the space the logistics things can still cross right but when it's like okay reopen it just went yeah you know blue screen of death everywhere yeah. um speaking of gas prices they're still going up this week beat last week's record record hike for what 1100 dollars or something, something. Uh, yeah, anyway, mm. EU gas prices continue to skyrocket 5% up on last week's. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Like we what said, was that about pork in the UK? Oh, there's, an, a, there's a slaughter backlog. It, it, get, get your head around this. There's a slaughter backlog. There's animals that are ready to be slaughtered for food market now. But there's a backlog that will force the producers, the farms themselves, to call in place because they can't get them to. And here again, it's labor shortage, similar to what they're saying with, with truck and transport shortage. Mm -hmm. Everything is interconnected. And 
this this reset, this great There's reset has just completely yeah. as we said it would at the time. March twenty ten is like this is going to break civilization. But you know the people the people who are advocating the great great reset are happy about that. They realize that what is a reset? It's like a shutting off and a shutting down and then a period of chaos and mayhem until you can restart on a new footing. So these these things happening don't don't upset. So is it happening on the footing people. they sought? Well, they don't care. Is they it going know, to plan? They, they know it's going. It's it's it, you know in the details they're not going to know exactly where it's going to go. But what if they see things shutting down? Then they're happy about it because that's part of the reset. How do you reset something without shutting everything down, without stopping everything, and then restarting, rebooting it on a new on a new footing? You have that implies on a social scale and the world economy scale implies implies. Uh, you know, serious, serious uh, chaos and mayhem. You know, um, and maybe that, that's that's what they said. That's you got to you got to make an omelet. You got to break a few eggs. You know, it's it's not going to be easy. It's going to be like a birthing process. You know, well, where you got to be a bit of screaming and a bit of blood or whatever. But you know, there'll be a new Klaus Schwab baby uh, will the, be born. But the thing you said about China scares me because it suggests that they're taking this seriously. You you, you suggested that new government requirements were introduced yeah. but that was just for as safety. far as greening or no, cleaning our health coal and, no health, this and year. health and safety okay whatever there has the result of making it harder to get and it's going to, be, it's going to be cleaner once it's okay not, here it is to market not necessarily no not cleaner it's purely the the analysis I, I read and, the, and and I mean I looked into it a little bit. No, it wasn't the green issue. It was, it was no, health it was and health safety. And safety. Okay. It was right. There were okay. large numbers of people dying on the job at right. coal uh, coal plants, extracting and, and and burning coal because of the regulations, and they had to do something about it because it was a national kind of it was becoming a national scandal, and they had to put in all of these new regulations. And they claim that has caused uh, a slowdown in the production of coal, on on which. China relies for sixty percent of its energy. It's looking to Indonesia now. Indonesia has a lot of coal, and it's paying top dollar to Indonesia to import coal. The Chinese economy is growing. I mean, you know, there's still a lot of as much at this point, probably as much economic activity on, going on around the world as uh, as there has been. You know, year on year is probably continuing to increase. Well, China will officially grow 50%. exactly, exactly. But they need more and more energy to fuel that growth. Yeah, and it is. At least in the way China is has been operating, which means the dwindling. room for marginal changes gets smaller. Yeah, which means introducing sure. the lockdown yeah. affects with your margin yeah, for sure. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see how Germany is getting on because Germany, of course, is facing the same problem yeah. as everyone else. So, what is the German government doing about it? maybe they're I don't know speeding up Nord Stream two to make sure there's sufficient gas supplies? Does that any sense? Let's have a look, Scotty. Can you pull up Germany blackouts? With blackouts looming, German government holds Disaster Preparation Day, promotes, quote, cooking without electricity. Okay, so the German government is not doing anything about it. They're just telling you to... Wait, what? Look at the first line. What is she doing? The demand for the transition to green power has left much of Europe at risk of blackouts. Never saw that one coming. You know what? We're going to just ditch our nuclear power. We're going to ditch our coal... We're going to ditch the gas. We're not going to let Nord Stream come online, and we're just going to build more windmills and uh, solar solar panels. And you know, eighty percent or ninety percent of the German population will have no heat. But, but look, look how happy she is. I know. Look, well, she had a yes. She definitely had a smiling face. 
That's some candles over a flower pot. So instead of good, uh, good trick. proactively finding alternative sources for heating, German state authorities are teaching the public to heat their homes with candles. With candles. Is that a warning? Disaster Protection Day. So instead of doing anything about it, they're doing PR. They're just like, safe, you know, everything's going to be fine. Disaster Protection Day, they called last last Saturday, with instructors in the city of Bonn teaching citizens how to get by in the event of a, quote, long power failure. Yep. This winter. Okay, let's have an ad. This is an ad they put out on TV. It's German you, federal government. Shows you how I to do it. Yeah, play that. I'm freezing. What'll I do? If only Putin was here with his Russian gas. Oh well, I'll just set this plant pot on fire. I'll put some, ah, I'll tape my windows. I'll put some tinfoil up in my windows. i get a flower pot and mastics. Ah, and now I can invite the neighbours around. Come on in, are you cold too? I've got a, pl- I've got a flower pot. This is awesome. That was, that was, yeah, and that that, that old granny just happened to have a flower pot and the properly sized bolts and nuts yeah. and everything, just, yeah, yeah. you know, like in her kitchen drawer. For sure, yeah. Doesn't everybody? Everybody does. Those Germans, you know. German technology. Uh, yeah, so... Um, the Civil Protection Office for Germany will soon release a targeted strategy addressing, quote, stockpiling. Well, that's not a bad idea. Extreme weather, power failure. Stockpiling what? Didn't say food, energy. But why the hell isn't the government doing that? It is. That well, is the government. No? No, it's encouraging you to do it in Yourself. a subsistence style. Oh, there you go. But that woman in an apartment will not be... The gas may be shut off, but they're telling her, and there's nothing we can do about that. But we can instruct you on how to use a flower pot but and candles. That's the way the government does it. it they, they spend your whole life creating a dependence in you on the government to take care of your every need. And then they do what and, they accuse Putin of then, doing and turn the power down in the middle of winter. And then they, they turn around and say, you know what? You're on your own. And you go, but, but, but I didn't learn anything. You're meant to take care of me. And uh, they say, say, sorry, suckers. And they melt away into the hedge like Homer Simpson. That's what's going to happen. Anyway, that's crystal ball stuff. We'll see. Like we say, we just have to keep watching and um, keep an eye on that part in particular because that really is the only thing. You know, vaccines, vaccine mandates, yeah, blah, blah, blah. The thing that's really going to impact people uh, is some kind of an economic foobar. Um, foobar means, for people who don't know, fucked uh, up beyond all recognition. That's a, that's a short version of saying that. So some kind of an economic crisis, yeah, that, uh, you know, develops progressively over the next few months and then goes into some official declaration of some kind of a major recession and then it uh, spirals out of control from there, you know, progressively. So you will have some time, but you should keep an eye on it from now uh, going forward to uh, into the winter in particular. Um, and, you know, stay safe and shut up and get vaccinated. Think it is, I get, that'll get this video... <laughs> it'll keep this video online. Yeah, if yeah. I keep, if I've said, like, shut up and get vaccinated five times in one video, does it get to stay on YouTube? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Actually, um, what people need to do is, Scotty, shut up and kill zombies. Or shut up 
or keep calm and kill zombies and get one of these mugs, uh, you can get them from uh, us, if you ask nicely. You can also get one of our fancy new, they're only for us, but fancy new notebooks, branded. Yes. They've even got lined paper. Lined paper. Straight from China. Uh, If you want one of those, just uh, hit us up. Uh, Yeah. But I think we've um, I think we've exhausted all of the all of the news is fit to talk about uh, for this week. No, yeah, pretty much. Um, so we'll probably leave it there for this week. Thanks for y'all for listening and for watching and for chatting and for commenting and smash all the buttons. And yeah, if you're watching this after it was live, go ahead and comment. Feel free to comment because apparently commenting is good. And like I said, smash all the buttons. And uh, we'll be back next week with another show on who knows, who knows what it'll be. It'll be on, it'll be on something, uh, something of interest. Uh, and we will make sure in next week's show to tell you to shut up and take the vaccine as well. No matter what you say. Okay, so until then, have See a good week. week. Bye. Can't stop the signal now. Mm-hmm.